Welcome to the Wake the Giant broadcast. I'm your host, Alan Garrett. I have with me Daniel Burton from Senses One Ministries. This is part two of Prayer Ministry Tips, how to pray for people effectively in a ministry team setting. So we've talked a little bit here about the scriptural basis for power ministry and moving in the, mm. the kingdom and, and bringing the kingdom, because all these things Jesus said, they're, they're, uh, the king, when he did them, he said the kingdom of God is at hand, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So we, that, we know that it's a priority for the church and people who are really seeking to serve the Lord and set people free um, are going are gonna to buy into that, what we just said here. Yeah. So let's, yeah. let's move into some things. Maybe somebody has a heart for being effective in what they do, because I want to be effective. I, don't, I mean, I've prayed for people and nothing happened, but I've also prayed for people. I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen deaf ears open. open. I've seen some some pretty amazing miracles, and as I know you have. So, what are some? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some things that uh, make uh, effective ministry. And um, yeah. so, my, uh, I'm, I'm going to get there. I have 20 prayer ministry tips. I don't know if we'll get through all of them. Not not all of them will be as long as the first one. The first one was know your scriptural basis. Okay. Yeah. 100%. Know it's scripturally based to do this. Second, what I have is operate from a place of inner intimacy. And abiding, and I love what you said about John 17. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a scripture out of John 15, but I'm, I'm going to read that one, and then maybe you want to talk about being in, in that place of of abiding and some of the stuff mm-hmm. that's on your heart, because I know this is on your heart. But mm-hmm. I said, operate from a place of ministry and abiding. John 15:5. I am the vine; you are the branches. Those who live in me, while I live in them, will produce a lot of fruit. But you can produce; you cannot produce anything without me. So we can't produce fruit without him. Yeah. That that whole thing, once you begin to understand that the same life that is in the root is in the branches, that is in the vine that's in the branches, that in and of ourselves we have nothing to give. That you know, John the Baptist has this statement, he must decrease, uh, he must I must decrease so he must, he must increase. increase, yeah. Right? And so, you know, some people have wrongly appropriated that as if it was, you know, the ministry of John the Baptist needed to decrease so Jesus could increase. And then I actually believe that that John understood the key to Christian growth and maturity. Mm-hmm. If he is the vine and we are the branches, we need to make sure that the life that is in the vine is actually the same life that is flowing through us. And the only way we're going to really see the miraculous is recognize that in and of ourselves, we have nothing to give people. That's good. That 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 in and of itself was such a it, it takes the pressure off trying to work it up. And what it also yeah. does is recognize, look, as we're ministering to people, you know, operating from a place of intimacy and abiding. Look, first John, uh, sorry, first Corinthians six seventeen says he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So we have this we have this union with God in our innermost being. Most of where he wants to direct and lead us in this place is because of intimacy and because of that union, that abiding that's inside of us. In and of yourself, look, we can teach the mechanics of how to pray for the sick, and it's important we understand that. But you'll only hit a certain cap in seeing power released. It's not until you learn intimacy and abiding, and then you've got, I won't hit it because I can see it's the next point you have. There's another Mm -hmm. key that's vital. But recognizing it's the life that's in the vine, and the only reason why I have any life within me is because I'm a branch connected to that vine, not mm-hmm. in and of myself. Some sometimes you can kind of uh, guess what camp people are in by how mm-hmm. they pray, and that's okay. 
you know, because uh-huh. people uh, model ministry after each other. But uh, so I could teach you words to pray, mm-hmm. but um, that may not mean that you're effective. Think of the there's the seven sons of Sceva. They tried casting out <laughs> some demons in Jesus' name, and they got beat up. They got their clothes ripped off them or something like that, if I remember right. They were beat naked. I mean, that's a beating. That's a beating. I'm gonna I'm gonna beat you so bad. I'm ripping off your clothes. So um, uh, that's embarrassing too. Um, yeah. So uh, I mean, you you can like you and I both could pray the same prayer, mm-hmm. but only one of us is anointed, mm-hmm. and the anointed prayer breaks the yoke. Mm-hmm. And I've seen in ministry times where it's God just picks one person. I've seen somebody in a ministry time where, where people walk past and one person prays, nothing happens. Another person prays, nothing happens. Third person prays, boom, it happens. I remember uh, my son, Nathan, uh, we, we went up to uh, Jesus Culture con- con- concert ministry t- thing that they were putting on before um, they'd moved down to Sacramento. They were still up, up in Reading. Mm-hmm. And Jake Hamilton was leading worship. And so my son had some, he, he's got some, some issues sometimes with his nerves and stuff. He had something in his arm and they, and they were thinking it was the growth plate issue or something. And he couldn't really use his arm. It just was really strange. Just this weird thing happened to him. So we went up there and he's in the concert and he the, just the vibration from the bass is hurting his arm. So we had to actually leave and go out to the coffee shop there. And we're sitting there and these two guys came by and prayed nothing happened. Then these other two guys came and prayed. And uh, by the second time they prayed, something happened. They prayed a third time and he was completely healed. Took off his little cast thing, you know, didn't need it anymore. Went back in. I remember watching him just laying on the ground, trembling under the power of God, which is the holiness Mm -hmm. of God was resting on him. And um, the first guys just, for whatever reason, either God didn't pick them or they didn't, for whatever reason, they weren't anointed to do that. But the second group they were. So sometimes mm-hmm. uh, I think if you can learn to operate, the, the more we can operate in that intimacy and in that abiding, mm-hmm. the more effective we'll be because we're just going to naturally flow. Yeah. So. And that's, you know, it's the anointing, you know, first John talks about you have an anointing, which will teach you all things. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the anointing of intimacy. That yeah. is the inward, you know, when in John 20, 22, he, he breathes on the disciples and says, receive the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And he makes them brand new creations, but that's a place of union. But it's actually, uh, he, he still encouraged the disciples, look, stay until the gift that my father promised has come, tarry yeah. in Jerusalem. And so that anointing of power, because it goes on multiple times about being filled, mm-hmm. you know, every time that More Peter spoke, you know, it, it says it over and again, and being filled with the spirit, Peter spoke. And being filled with the Spirit, Peter spake. And it's actually a distinctive of Luke because you see him use the same language mm-hmm. when it comes to Simeon and Anna, that they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke. So there's this dynamic of, look, if we have union and intimacy, it's going to sensitize us. Yeah. If we recognize him inwardly, we're going to recognize what he's doing externally as well, which is, mm-hmm. like you said, where the anointing's resting. Mm-hmm. Learning to cooperate with what he's doing is one of the biggest keys to the release of power. Yep. Um, I, I, there's a, one of my favorite scriptures about uh, hearing the Lord and the prophetic is in, I can't remember where it is, but it's in the Old Testament and it says, is my word not like fire 
and a hammer that shatters the rock. So in other yeah. words, there's impact. Like if, yeah. when the Lord speaks, I mean, I, I, I tell people all the time, I don't, my ministry, I don't want my ministry to show up. My ministry is really boring. But when his ministry shows up, it's on. Something happens. Yeah. So uh, when you, uh, when you, a fire changes something, it's burnt. Yeah. It, it, it changed the very nature of it changes. Mm-hmm. And when, uh, and it's, when, go ahead. No, you go. And when, it, when a, sh- when a hammer shatters a rock, you cannot put that rock back the way it was. There's permanent mm-hmm. change. Mm-hmm. So uh, when he comes and when he speaks, things happen. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And that, that intimacy and, and abiding thing that, you know, we, we kind of can't move out of it. You know, I was, mm-hmm. I was down in Fresno actually with um, Dean DeGuara. He was, we went mm-hmm. down as his ministry team. And we're in worship and he wanted us to call out words of knowledge and, and prophesy mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I remember just being in worship and I just said to the Lord, I'm like, Lord, if you ain't going to speak, I'm not getting up. Like, yeah. there's, I, I, got, I, I don't, I, I don't, you know, like I was, I, I, if you don't give me the words of knowledge, if you don't, I'm just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And so, but then I got a couple of words of knowledge. So then we got up and it was one of those moments where I called out torn left rotator, um, left rotator cuff torn. Right. And one lady put her hand up. So I had some people praying for her. And then out of that started to flow some more words of knowledge. I had a word of knowledge about um, circulation and vein issues. The guy felt fire go through his body. I said, someone had, Mm. a you know, you had a motor vehicle accident lady over here. And then more, as I opened up that Nabe flow comes out and I'm like, yep, it was in your back. I went down your left-hand side and she felt the power of God go through her back. No one laying hands on her Mm -hmm. in the, in the declaration of the word of knowledge. But the funny thing was, I after I released those words of knowledge, because I'm listening to the Lord, it's intimacy. I'm like, what are you mm-hmm. doing in the room? I want to I want to partner with you. I got off the stage. They kept doing prophetic words. So I went to the lady with a torn rotator cuff, and I'm praying for her. But, Alan, I'm watching this other conversation mm-hmm. going on in the room, right? There's another lady over to my left that's talking to her front over the right, pointing to her left shoulder as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so I walked over and said, hey, what's going on? And she's like, oh, I'm scheduled. She had a frozen shoulder. She could only lift it like this far. Mm. And so she said, I'm scheduled to have a surgery on Thanksgiving. And so I prayed for her. I mean, the mm-hmm. power of God hit her and her arm went straight up. <laughs> and that. so she, I said, well, you better cancel that surgery and give thanks. And so we had her come up and, and give testimonies. Mm-hmm. But, but all of that release of power started with, honestly, with me in a place of intimacy and worship saying, Lord, if you're not going to move, I have no point being mm-hmm. up on the stage. Yeah. I think we need that dependency on him. Um, my point three is learn to do what the father is doing and operate out of dependency on him. It's kind of, it's very similar to John yeah. 15, 19. I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself and he can only do what he sees the father doing because mm-hmm. whatever the father mm-hmm. does the son does also. So being on the father's team, being on team Jesus, you yeah. know, I just, I never want to leave that. And sometimes it's easy once you have like an infilling or an experience, or you've, you've done some things that work. It's, it's, it's easy to go kind of almost run with that. Yeah. And if we're not careful, we can end up leaving uh, Jesus behind, you know, uh, yeah. at, like for instance, um, a popular thing to do in the church is Jericho marches. And the Lord may ask mm-hmm. a church to do that. But I, I've heard, mm-hmm. you know, different charismatic, we're going to do a Jericho march and we're going to walk around this thing as a prophetic statement and claim that for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that might be the Lord. I don't want to criticize everybody who's done that. But mm-hmm. 
Um, just because the Lord did it once, I mean, there's, he's never said to anybody else, march around something. That I can that I can that I can think of, you know. So sometimes the Lord um, will will say to do something, but make sure it's fresh. Make sure yeah. you're there. You have that that. And I don't. I'm not. You know. I can. I, that can sound too critical. I, I mean, there may be a church that does that no, sometime, and they're they're hearing I, the Lord. You know. Hundred percent get it. Hundred percent get it. Because I hundred percent get it, Alan. Because yeah. you know the whole learn to do what the Father's doing, operate out of dependency. Mm-hmm. We're in the Philippines, and we were we were supposed to do a miracle crusade, but no one showed up in this small village so we actually went around the village to invite people but then i had this moment where i'm like mm-hmm. why am i inviting people to a miracle crusade why don't we just have a miracle crusade at every house so we started praying for people as we're going around i mean we're seeing mm-hmm. some tremendous things you know guys lungs mm-hmm. opening up you know pain leaving people's bodies but i get to this one house right mm-hmm. and so when you said about the the marching around the jericho thing so this guy's got a deaf ear so what do i do i lick my fingers right mm-hmm. Because it's what mm-hmm. Heidi does, right? Lick my fingers and it jam it in his ear. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know what happened? Mm-hmm. Nothing. The guy got a wet willy, right? <laughs> hey, so then I, I have a story to tell you right after you're done with that. But then a couple of days later, right? I'm at a pastor's equipping conference. Mm-hmm. Another, we're, we're seeing people getting set free from demons, power of God. I mean, it was phenomenal. This, but there's this guy in front of me, and the lady saying, the interpreter saying, "Oh, he's got a deaf right ear." So what do I do, Alan? I lick my finger again. Uh-huh. jamming in that guy's ear you know what happened this time that's what the father was doing this time when the guy's ear opened up <laughs> yeah you know and you have to be in that place of humility and willing to be a fool for christ yeah. i remember uh i'm going to tell you uh, here's an embarrassing story okay um <laughs> so i i was uh at a home group in florida the one of the first church plants i was a, a part of with jack little mm-hmm. and uh, I, in my home group we had a bunch of kind of young adults and so um, they, were, they were praying for some guy's eyes, and I, I get this thing in my head. I'm going, I think I'm supposed to kiss his eyes. And I'm going, no, that can't be the Lord. That cannot be the Lord. And I'm sitting here wrestling. And so everybody mm-hmm. sees it on my face. They mm-hmm. see me wrestling with it. Is this really the Lord or not? I'm not sure. I'm kind of trying to listen to the Lord, weigh it through. And at that point, you know, they're like, what are you getting? And so... I go, well, I don't know if this is the Lord. I haven't really had a chance to pray through it yet, or I'm just kind of... And so um, I had to kiss his eyes. And guess what happened? Nothing. I kissed a dude's eyes, and nothing <laughs> happened. I was, I mean, I was so... I'm still embarrassed, and that was like years ago. You know, so... But on the other hand, if you're willing to do that... Yeah. I mean, I, to be honest, I think those kinds of things, as long as you're not really harming somebody... You know, they were all, the dude was saying, go for it, mm-hmm. you know? So he was, he was kind of prodding me to do it because it could have been the Lord. So, you know, it, I think sometimes the Lord is, is actually pleased with our foolishness. He doesn't mind oh, embarrassing yeah. us. And I think if you're going to walk in miracles, you have to be willing humbly to be made a fool of. I wouldn't go, you know, embarrass Jesus on purpose, but mm-hmm. sometimes there's like, uh, you're going to have to be willing to make some mistakes and look stupid. I mean, and, and, and it, this key that, you, that you've got down here, mm-hmm. operating out of dependency, you know, like I said before mm-hmm. in Philippians 2, you know, he made himself of no reputation. He emptied himself of his own ability, renown, mm-hmm. and glory. And so when you go, to, you go to 2 Corinthians 5 and it talks about we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the supremacy of glory might be of God and not of us, right? So, mm-hmm. so he, one of the keys that I found in, in being dependent is, look, 
you know, you said it earlier, like, where's the anointing moving in the room? Like I, mm-hmm. that picture of the pillar of cloud moving off the mercy seat is mm-hmm. so prophetic in terms of how the Lord yep. will begin to move in a room. John Wimber actually coined the term, the dancing hand of God, as he begins to distribute mm-hmm. gifts throughout the room. Yeah, But it's important that dependency, like as we started, you know, one of the things that I began to learn was when people came to, to when I began to teach them to healing, I, I would tell them, I said, I have nothing to give you. I said, mm-hmm. I am only a point of contact. Why? Because Hebrews mm-hmm. 12 actually says, now faith is looking unto Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I, what I'm telling, what I teach people is that I'm just a point of connection. That's so the way that I started... The way I started off is by actually saying to them, "What do you, when when people are coming forward for prayer, I ask them, I say, what do you need the Lord mm. to do for you? Because what that does is it actually attaches their heart to him and not to me. Mm. Good. Um, this kind of, you, you reminded me of some things that when you were talking about kind of the anointing almost being in, in a place. And mm. uh, I, I remember the early vineyard recognizing that, that there were certain almost places in the room like the Lord would almost enter from one side of the room, if that makes mm. sense. When sometimes when you would move on the whole crowd, you could almost see a wave go wow. across the the crowd. Um, sometimes there were certain rows of people that were hungrier. The Lord mm-hmm. was more likely to show up there, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We noticed that. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes when when healing's happening, bringing people to that spot and having those people where the anointing is flowing, pray for them. Mm-hmm. Is a, it's a principle you'll see more happen. Um, mm-hmm. So that sometimes you can. I remember someone telling me a story about Lonnie Frisbee, a friend of mine, mm-hmm. and he said it was the weirdest thing. He called down this thing in the middle of the room. Lonnie Frisbee is a guy that really moved in power. If he, he's a great historical fig, figure to to learn about. Mm-hmm. But he called down the Rama pillar of God in the middle of the room. He, and they see he said everybody that walked into that where wherever he called that down would get healed or filled with the Holy Spirit or something would happen. It was just the weirdest wow. thing he'd ever seen. But sometimes, you know, people that, are, that move at a, a pretty um, big uh, anointed, I don't know, the uh, level of, of the prophetic, they, they can hear some things, and some, some things might seem strange, but they work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that Smith uh-huh. Wigglesworth was in a meeting in New Zealand, mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was actually calling forth the dominion. God, we need your dominion. Mm. And he said he was one of the only people that could actually stay in the room. Pastors started crawling out of the room because the fear of the Lord started to mm. manifest in such a way that they couldn't even stand in it. They were trying to get out from under it. Wow. And that's the thing, you know, like mm-hmm. the way that Jesus ministered was, you know, he could only do what he saw the father doing, mm-hmm. you know, and, the father was doing certain things with certain people at certain times. And that was how Jesus ministered. And that's the, one of the, the greatest, you know, keys of dependency is, okay, Lord, what are you doing in the room right now? Yeah. Where are you moving? And sometimes, you know, like you said, like mm. all of a sudden, you know, the anointing is moving over on the left-hand side. So what I've mm. done is I've gone to go join in with what's going on over here. I can see the Lord's already at work over here. So I go mm. to join in and yeah. it's a blessing you know, it, what it's, he's it's, doing. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think mm. that's, you know, I think that's crucial, you know, in yeah. terms of effective prayer ministry is where is the Lord already at work and at moving, you know, that's big. My next point is to pray with your eyes open unless you're receiving prayer. You're yeah. not going to see the things that Daniel and I are talking about unless you pray with your eyes open. Jesus prayed with his eyes open. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in Acts, 
three, four, I think it's the gate called beautiful. If I remember correctly, they looked at him intently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They were praying, but they looked at him intently. Their eyes were open when they prayed. So mm -hmm. I more often than not, when I'm praying and ministering in the power of the Holy spirit, I don't close my eyes. Yeah. I'm looking to see what he's doing. I hear more with mm -hmm. my eyes open. It's kind of interesting because mm -hmm. you can, you can see how people respond and you, Oh, okay. That was on. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Or, um, I don't know why, but I, I I hear more with my eyes open. I don't know if you agree or what you think about that. Yeah, I do. Um, I have a the way that I, particularly prophetically in hearing, mm -hmm. for some reason, I get people to hold. I'll, I'll hold their hand, and I don't yeah. want to, don't know what it is about that point of contact that the hearts uniting that I begin to. Mm -hmm. You know, I can still prophesy over somebody from the other side of the room, but there's something about mm -hmm. that heart connection with the eyes open mm -hmm. but the the praying with your eyes open thing I, I was smiling because the first time i went that trip in the philippines in 2010 i i preached a message i've been reading smith wigglesworth all week mark hadn't arrived yet mm -hmm. and i realized that i'd never preached the message and gave an altar call where i expected jesus to meet people in the altar call mm. i'd never spoke with that level of expectancy and power and so I invited people. I was the most simple word I gave. It was out of Matthew mm. 11. I still remember this day, you know, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, mm. and I will give you rest, right? And so I invited people to come forward. And Alan, you mentioned from one side of the room, the mm. Holy Spirit came into the room from the right-hand side. We're in a tiny, mm. tiny church. It's probably the size of my apartment, right? Mm -hmm. And the first person I prayed for, laid my hands on, goes out under the power of God. But the problem is I'm praying for him and I've got my eyes closed mm. and I open up my eyes and the dude's on the ground. I've already missed that he's gone out. <laughs> and I was like, funny. oh, hold on. Yeah. So the next person I prayed for, I kept my eyes open. She, she began to vibrate under the electricity of God and fell out over the other place. And we had this ministry time that it went from, from yeah. daylight into nighttime and we didn't even notice the passage of time that had transpired. Wow. Because the power of God, but it was, the, it was keeping your eyes open because it's, I, like you said, yeah. I don't pray with my eyes closed anymore. Um, I keep mm. them wide open to watch the activity of God, see what's going on, you know, and it, mm -hmm. it's, it, it's, it's crucial. I think it's crucial. Um, my next point, we're only in five here and we're, we're actually an hour in. So I'll probably split this into a couple, uh, maybe three, three or four podcasts, I bet. But um, uh, next one is teamwork. When praying with somebody, uh, with others, let's see, when praying for somebody, our prayers mm -hmm. should fit together like pieces of, of a puzzle. When the Holy Spirit is leading, there is a flow to the ministry. Don't head too many directions, give, um, and then give nonverbal communication to others praying. I can't tell you how many times I've been praying for people, and mm -hmm. uh, people come up with agendas. And some of them may mm -hmm. even be good agendas, but uh, mm -hmm. they start praying in about five different directions over a person. And the person, they're almost shell-shocked. Mm -hmm. They can't receive it all. So usually the Holy Spirit is going to pick one thing and he'll do one thing mm -hmm. at a time. And if you have a word, mm -hmm. it's going to fit in there. So learn to, when you're praying for people in a group, learn to discern what the Holy Spirit is doing right then. And if somebody starts a prayer, honor what the Holy Spirit is doing through that person until that's finished. Does it make yeah. sense? Because the Holy Spirit wants mm -hmm. to complete something in somebody. He doesn't want to go, okay... We're going to heal them. And, oh, uh, I think he's got a hair demon. And I think he's got this illness and take some mm -hmm. vitamins for this. And it starts going into advice and scripture and teaching and all this kind of yeah. stuff. And you're going, wait a minute, I think we're supposed to minister to this person. So yeah. sometimes 
um, there needs to be some health in the way that we minister to people. It should be like pieces of a puzzle. We should be following the lead of the Holy Spirit, you know? I think, Alan, I think that's so solid and so practical Mm -hmm. because, you know, like it's amazing how like someone comes forward for healing, but someone wants to begin to prophesy over them. It's like, no, Mm -hmm. that's not what they're there for. Mm -hmm. You know, the gifts are available, but it's like, okay, if someone's coming to me with, you know, they've got a, let's say they've got a left knee issue, right? Mm And that, but I begin to prophesy about da 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 da. It's like no, no, no. It's not addressing the need that's being presented. Like Jesus yeah. was really good at addressing the needs that was in front of him. Yep. You I know, remember, those who were in need of healing, massively, he just addressed it. I remember Jack Little uh, telling me that uh, in it, when we were at the Vineyard Anaheim, there were there's there's sometimes sometimes there's like waves that flow through a church, and and people are are learning about that particular thing. And at that time, they were learning about inner healing. And he said, he, he kind of said casually that anybody that came up would get inner healing, whether they needed it or not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because people were learning about that. So we have to be careful that that uh, the background of our particular church or our particular gift mix, uh, that we don't have an agenda, that we're there asking the Lord what he wants to do. Uh, usually during a ministry time, it's not a, it's not a time to prophesy over a person generally. Sometimes, yes. You know, that fits in there. Or it's not a time to b- bring out your Bible and, and instruct them and teach them. It's not your time mm-hmm. time to, um, to, to give them counsel. All those things can mm-hmm. fit, but make sure they're appropriately placed. And make mm-hmm. sure that the, the ministry... Sometimes people will come up for prayer. I've seen them come up for prayer. I, I want prayer for my wrist. And, and people don't even end up praying for the prayer on the wrist because they may be hearing something and they'll go with that, they'll go with this, they'll go with that. And the person almost, I'm serious, they almost get shell-shocked with too many directions. So we have to be really careful um, just because, and I think I, this may be one of my other points, just because you get a word doesn't mean you have to give it. Yeah. It's true. I've heard things all the time, and it's just sometimes there's so much agenda going on with the person I'm going, I think this is from the Lord, but they can't, they're not going to be able to hear it because there, there are so many things happening right now. And it's so, um, the pieces are not fitting together right in, in this prayer time. So I'm just, I'm not going to say it because it's, it's not going to have the impact. So I'll just, I won't say it too much going on. going to hold my time. Um, okay. So, uh, teamwork, um, be open, listen, and take risk. Okay, while you're praying, dialogue with God. Ask Him questions. Um, so be sensitive to your mind's eye pictures, impressions, physical sensations. Um, Jesus actually felt power leave Him in Luke eight uh, forty six. Um, you can read um, you can read a manual about parachuting, and you can study all all that all that is involved with parachuting. But sooner or later, you're going to have to get out of the plane, jump out of it, and test the parachute and see how it works. And ministry is kind of like that. You have to do it with humility, but you're going to have to step out and go, okay, I'm going to have to actually look at that eye and command it to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I've prayed for two, two dead people. They're still dead. But I looked at them, yeah. and I spoke to them, and I told them to come back to life. You know, And yeah. so... I'm away from two as well. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'll do it again. You know, mm-hmm. um, because it's in the book. I'm going to preach the word, not my experience. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah. So there's a um, 
you have to take risks. Um, that's point six. Um, often gifts will not show up until they're needed. Hmm. So a lot of times people will think, um, you know, well, I don't have to have the gift of healing. Well, have you prayed for anybody? The gift of healing does not show up until you're in front of the person laying hands on their feet and you're saying, Jesus, heal their feet. Mm -hmm. they, they will not show up until you're there. Gift of evangelism. It won't show up mm -hmm. until you're talking to somebody, opening your mouth, making contact, and talking about who Jesus is. The mm. gifts function that way. It's, it's like you're walking up to the, I need to fix that washing machine. And the gift, the, the wrench to fix that washing machine will not appear in your hand until you actually walk up to the mm. washing machine and start, start. Make sense? And that's how gifts yeah. work. They, won't, they yeah. often don't show up really until you need them. I mean, you don't need a ticket for the bus until the bus has shown up. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And it's, it's amazing how often, mm -hmm. you know, if you just posture yourself, your heart before the Lord, you know, I mean, I've got people that have come up to me disappointed. You know, I've, I've been given mm -hmm. prophetic words that I'm going to have a gift of healing. I'm like, well, do you pray for the sick? And they're like, no. I'm like, well, how can you be disappointed with a prophetic word over your life if you're actually never obeying what's being said? You know, Gotta it's, walk it out. it's, you know, it's that place of like, look, you're not going to see the sick healed until you begin to pray for the sick. You're not going to mm -hmm. see demons cast out until you begin to yield to the authority mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit. And that's, that is the, I, I think you just hit it in a nutshell. The gifts show up mm -hmm. when they're needed, you know, and they're, they, but the, mm -hmm. the interesting thing about the gifts is they're other focused. It's not that I have the gift of healing mm -hmm. for me. It's for the benefit of the other. Same with prophecy, same with mm -hmm. discerning of spirits, same with faith. And the only gift that's really in that list for me is tongues. In 1 Corinthians 12, the rest are all there for the benefit of the other. And if we mm -hmm. can posture ourselves to show that yep. compassion, you look, you're just going to have to lay your hands on the sick. You're just going to have to give it a shot. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you, there's nothing gained if you don't have a shot at it. Yeah. I heard Wimber tell a story and he said, uh, there was this guy that went to uh, one of these uh, places in the, in the desert in California where they launch off rockets. And it's like mm -hmm. a rocket, rocket scientist place. They test rockets. I don't know right. what this was, but some come place. Okay. So they're, they're uh, watching this huge rocket take off and they have the, the, you know, tour guide person going and this rocket's taken off and and the thrust and all this stuff's happening. And then, and then it takes off. And then once it gets up to this height, the guidance system kicks in. And so someone raised their hand and they said, well, why did the guidance system wait all the way till it got up there to kick in? And the guy's answer was, because it didn't need it. And so that's the way the, uh, the, 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 the way the Holy Spirit works. He kicks in mm -hmm. when you need it often. And we can, I think mm -hmm. we can actually create places where ministry is likely to happen. So doing mm -hmm. things like uh, meeting in home groups or... Mm -hmm intentionally going out and putting your place in, in, uh, with, with friends and going, Lord, I want to see something happen. Let's see if we can go pray for somebody. You're putting yourself yeah. in a place where your, your guidance system is likely to kick in because you're going to need it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So put, so try and try and put yourself in places to learn about the gifts. This is the end of part two, prayer ministry tips, how to pray for people effectively in a ministry setting. 
to continue on to the next podcast for part three. If this has blessed you, smash that like button and share on social media. 